if you feel like you're boring your audience to death, probably that means you are telling too much. In this world that's filled with so much noise and information, how do we really stand out and be who we were really meant to be? In this podcast, we focus on injecting you with positivity, optimism, and strategies all centered around helping you be who you were always meant to be in business and life. Be inspired to show up in your own skin to learn strategies, habits, and skills from others as we share our own life journeys and stories. There's no other you, and you know yourself better than anyone else. So be prepared to take away habitual tidbits, tactics that will encourage you to pursue and live your life, not the one others want you to live. Welcome to Stand Out Be You, where you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you. Welcome back to Stand Out Be You. I'm Tequila Doddard, your host. You're listening to another episode where I bring to you the stories of solopreneurs and small business owners who are making an impact in their own way within our communities. I'm super excited to be here with you today with another solopreneur who is giving back and at the same time creating their own lifestyle. As you know, Stand Up Be You is about capturing the story of you. And I have with us here today, April with Light Beamers. What I loved about this interview with April is how she transitioned her skills from her past corporate work life to the business she has today. Today, April is helping individuals unlock their story in order to share it with others on video. She has 25 plus years within the television industry as a producer, speaker, and journalist. You know, telling your story is one of my favorite areas in business. April will help you own your story and share it with others. Her big idea around business storytelling is exactly what you know I've said to you in previous episodes. You have a story and it deserves to be shared. I am excited for you to listen to April's story about how you can find your story in other people and grow your business. April is a story and video coach who is helping individuals develop their story, share it on video, and grow their business. Once you find your story, she will then teach you how to better use it. If you're looking to define and share your story, you want to stay tuned. Before we take a listen to April and her strategies, I have to ask you a question. Have you joined the Standout BU community where all the Standout BU guests are collaborating and helping others in business and life? I'm in there too. Go to tequiladotter.com forward slash community to join us. Okay, April, welcome to Standout BU. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so just excited to be here with you. And I'm, I really enjoyed following you and seeing that you get this stuff, like you get storytelling. So it's really going to be a fun conversation today. Well, I am April Pertwee, and I've really been a lifelong lover of stories. And I've, I've worked in the world, as you said, the world of video television, video producing, a writer, blogger. I've done a lot of things in the world of helping other people figure out their story and dig it out of them. And I've really been interviewing people for the bulk of my career. You know, that's a big chunk of what I've done is sit down and interview people and talk to them about their story. 
And that's taught me a lot about human nature, about the stories that resonate and then the stories that don't. It's taught me a lot about how more alike we are than we are different. And it's really taught me a lot about how to find the story in other people. You know, when I first started in my career, I had to learn how to become a really good interviewer. I had to learn how to ask these really good questions or else I wasn't going to get a very good story out of them. So it's a process that I have crafted over time and that has helped me translate very well into what I'm doing even more nowadays, which is helping other people understand their story, helping them understand how to dig it out of themselves. Asking those same key questions that I've asked over and over and over and over again in my career with every interview that I've had is really teaching other people those same key questions would help you dig the story out of you. And then really understanding once they get their story is, is understanding then how to use it, how to really share it effectively to really do a lot of things. Uh, of course, it can help you in your business if you're a business owner. It can help you connect with more people if you've just moved to a new town and you really need to meet new people. It can help you build community if you are wanting to start an organization or a nonprofit or just all kinds of stuff. It really helps you connect with more people because you become relatable and really likable, honestly, when you share your story that can do so many things for you. So that's really what I focus on nowadays through my business and my online platform and community called Light Beamers is really about teaching other people the power of their own story. I always say that your story is really your superpower and that when we share our stories, we shine a light because there's nothing that makes other people feel not alone than hearing someone else's story. And that's what our stories really can do just on that human connection is to make other people feel like they're not alone. They're not a weirdo. Other people feel like they feel. That's why it's so important for us to communicate our stories with each other. And you know, stories have been told for years yeah. and thousands. Centuries. Years <laughs> and centuries for so long. And I think at one point, I don't know what happened. We kind of got away in the business side of telling yes. our story, but now it's become really big. Everyone's trying to figure out how to come back and tell their story. But now I think that what has switched this all around is social media. It's social like, media. how yeah, do yes. you tell your story without telling too much of your story? And we know sometimes we get too much of some people's story, but how do you gauge that April? Because I know you've interviewed presidents, you've mm -hmm. um, interviewed CEO of Fortune 500. How do you tell your story, but then don't tell too much of your story where individuals are like, whoa, pull back. That's too much. Well, you know what? Politicians are the best example of this. And when you are going to tell your story, like a politician, you have to think about who are your constituents, right? Who is it that you're serving? If you're a business owner, who is your ideal client? If you're trying to do outreach for a nonprofit or a charitable cause, who are the people that you're trying to talk to? So you want to know, number one, who is your audience? And this is certainly true on social media because we have everybody on social media. So you have to really target your message to make sure you're speaking to the right people. Yes, other people may hear your message, but it's about making sure the right people hear it too. So knowing your audience, and again, politicians do that really well. And politicians, quite honestly, are pretty good storytellers. A lot of times as a result, they actually know who they're talking to. And they know the second part, which is understanding the point of their story. What's the message they're trying to get across? 
And so when you go into evaluating your own story, knowing maybe you don't even realize that you have a message yet, but trying to get to that point, then you're going to realize how important the other points of your story are and how they've really brought you to this point of even being able to have a message. So I have a, a formula that I share with people and it's really so simple and oftentimes everyone overcomplicates it, but you know, stories are really always told in the rule of three, like just the number three is just perfect for storytelling. And if you think about when we learned to tell stories as children, in grade school, it was always a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's three parts. And that doesn't really change. My formula really teaches it from a, a, from a different perspective because the stories that connect with other people are the ones that take people on a journey. And there's a transformation that takes place, right? There's always like there's before something wasn't going so great, great. You had this big problem. It was a pain point. You know, you didn't quite have everything figured out and then something happens. And then that's the transformational moment. It's like the caterpillar that turns into the butterfly. Finally, I understand, you know, the next phase of my life makes so much more sense now because now I've had this transformation. And then on the other side, which is the third part, that's kind of the ending, even though our stories don't really have an ending for now. The other side is what I call the third part. And the other side is when we have a lot of clarity, clarity about that before. Why did I have to go through those struggles? Why was getting to the transformation maybe hard or what did I learn in the process? So the other side is where we really start to understand that we've been going through this story for a reason. And there's a message now that both we've learned from our experience and all likelihood one that would, others would benefit from hearing. And so that's when you get to the message. If you don't know what your message is right now, then I would say, well, we've got to go back and, and go through your story and help you figure out what your message is. This is why storytelling is so important and valuable for businesses, because a lot of times businesses, especially ones that are just starting out and a lot of entrepreneurs really you know, struggle with this, is understanding who are they talking to? Who is that ideal client? And number two, what is the message? And this is why they get stuck. And so I always say, well, we gotta work on your story. And they're like, my story, I sell you know, essential oils. What does my story have to do with selling essential oils? And I'm like, trust me, it has everything to do with why you're selling essential oils. So when we go back through that process and understand your own journey, we're going to get to a message, a transformation that you've had, real value that you bring to the table that is unique. Because I'm going to stick with my essential oils example. There's a lot of people that sell essential oils. What makes you different? Why would they want to shop with you? And that difference is in your story, your experience, what you bring to the table, and all of the knowledge that you've gleaned from that journey. Does that make sense? Yes, it gets me so excited because that's what I always say. You have your own individualized story. Yes. And I hear all the time individuals, I can't do that because someone else is already doing it. It doesn't yeah. matter because your story and who you are and your uniqueness, you can say the same thing but you said it differently and someone connected differently with you because you are you. I mean, you really think about it. It just brought to mind really quick. When you think about inside of a church, when you have the pastor, they all have the same book. 
They all and they're are all operating from the same operating manual. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And then, but then you yeah. walk in and you're like, this guy, I can't listen to. He's not for me. So then we He's hop to another pastor. church. <laughs> it's not my pastor. So it's the same way. And I'm like telling everyone, you have your own uniqueness and your uniqueness is in your story. And I love it because life experiences, that's what gives us our story. Here's what happens, I think, too is that we have our whole entire story. So it's like a book. Yeah. But then what parts do you tell? So let's say you already have your ideal audience, but how do you know which parts? Because we all have layers to life, right? So how do you know how to go in with that particular story or that layer? Yeah. And this is a great question. And that's what so many people get tripped up on is because they try to tell everybody everything. And quite honestly, you know, people say, oh, my story is boring and nobody wants to hear my story. And I always say that's not true. They just don't want to hear all of it. So yes, if you feel like you're boring your audience to death, probably that means you are telling too much. You are telling too many details. And this is a really important point. You're making your story about you. When you learn to make your story about your audience and you connect it back to them, the number of details you're going to share with them is going to get real little, real small, real quick, because there's only certain things your audience really needs to know about you. And that's what you share because you have to ask yourself, is this detail, this thing, this experience that I went through relatable to my audience? Does my audience care? What does this have to do with them? And if you can't make a connection, then that is a detail you need to leave for yourself. No doubt it was important to you. No doubt it was a big deal to you, but it is not going to be a big deal to your audience. And so you don't need that. So you really, again, if you start with knowing who your audience is and knowing the message that you want them to understand coming from you, then it makes it a little bit easier, a whole lot easier actually to go back and go, okay, well, what's my entry point? What do they need to know about me before my transformation? You know, what is important for them to know? my own story. I've done a lot of things actually in my life, but I don't go through all that. What people need to know about me is that I was a journalist for a long time, but I was telling the wrong stories because I tell the story often. I was working in television news and I was having to go out and do car wrecks and chase policemen for interviews. And I interviewed a lot of politicians in those days and all the good stuff. Right. But I was telling negative stories. I was chasing the fire trucks and the ambulances to tell those stories. And it was not something that I enjoyed doing. Whenever I got a chance to go out and talk to people, I wanted more of those stories, but I wasn't in the right church. The analogy you were using, which I love, I just wasn't in the right church. So I had to go and really, I ended up building my own church. So I had to like go and figure out a way for me to share the stories that I knew other people really connected with, which was those people stories. And I know what it feels like to be stuck because there I was doing something that I thought I would do forever, which I did end up doing it. I'm still doing it. It just looks a lot different now. I know what it feels like to be stuck and confused and lost because I thought, oh my gosh, here I am. I've worked so hard to become this, this journalist, you know, this serious television journalist. And I'm in here and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't stand it. I mean, I felt like a brick, uh, uh, a layer of bricks were on my chest because of just the heaviness that world offered. And I just realized I needed to go through my own transformation. Now, this was 20 years ago. Could I have gone out and do what I'm doing now then? No, I had to go and really learn 
storytelling. I had to go and interview a lot of people to be able to understand how this all works. I wasn't ready for that. And my own transformation really occurred when I kind of came to a crossroads in my own life and in my own business. And it was just kind of me throwing my hands in the air saying, God, is this it? Even though I was really doing some work that I loved, it still was this missing piece was really helping more people understand the power of their story and building community around that. And that was really important to me, but I didn't know how to put all the pieces together. And that is when he started really showing me sort of like, you know, doors started opening and ideas started coming to me. And honestly, that was when Light Beamers was born. And so on the other side of that, because now I've seen the, you know, really my ability now to be able to teach people this stuff and talk about it very easily. I see now that my own road, I had to go down that road. I, I always say I had to get, I had to fall down and get my knees scraped up a little bit in the process so that I could be that seasoned person to now be someone that can help others and guide people in terms of the world of storytelling and really show them how this stuff works and help them with bringing stories to light in their own business and in their own life. I could not have done that 20 years ago. So I had to go on that own journey myself. So everyone has a journey. I don't have this big, huge story of how I, you know, went through a health crisis and almost lost my life. And people have these stories and they're very large. And I think a lot of times we hear these big testimonial style stories and we think, oh, now that's a story worth telling. That belongs on a stage and a keynote address. So then other people will start to shrink back because then they think, well, my story is just boring and there's no meat to it. And that's just not true. I don't have one of those stories, but you know what? I have my story and it has led me to my message and my audience. Yeah. And what I also would say to people who think that maybe their story is boring or not important enough or not big enough is that I will tell you that for 25 years interviewing the thousands of people that I have interviewed. And as you said, I've interviewed some very high level people, people in very big positions, people with a lot of money in the bank. And I've interviewed also people that you probably are never going to hear their name the rest of your life. You're never going to find out about these people. You're never going to see them in the news. They're not splashing and making waves all over the internet, but their story is nonetheless important because it has value. It's really evidence to their own journey. And those stories matter just as much as anyone else's. And they're actually some of the most beautiful stories I've ever been able to witness. I've never walked away from an interview or a story like that and said to myself, well, that was boring. You know, that was a waste because it's just not. Everyone is fascinating. Everyone has their own unique story. And it's just a joy and a privilege to get to help people see that. And you never know just in that moment when you've told your story, who it just touched, you know, exactly. it just touched someone that they changed their lives because of your story. So even if you're touching one person at a time, it's very important to really get your story and your experience out there. So April, I know that we're talking about this and people are probably like, okay, they're all like telling their stories and they're talking <laughs> and they're probably doing this all the time. How does one get over fear? Because I think that's really a big part of it. Individuals are really afraid to tell their story. So what are the stages or what are a couple of steps that a person could do in order to get over that fear? Well, number one, and a lot of people don't like it when I say this, but it's just true. You just got to start telling it. You have to practice. Sometimes I will recommend people record themselves into their phone 
just saying it as if you're saying it to an audience, but just speak it privately to yourself and not to be critical, not to be critical of what you sound like, what you look like, any of those things, because it's just really about you getting more comfortable sharing the story. But definitely practice is something that will help you get more comfortable and gain that confidence. It definitely maybe joining some networking groups where you can do that. Even like an organization like Toastmasters, even yeah. if you don't have any intention of ever speaking on stage, right? Because Toastmasters, you think, well, that's for people that want to become a public speaker. No, actually it's a place for you to go practice <laughs> your story. And sometimes it's easier to practice in front of strangers than it is thinking about the people that are going to see you who know you, right? I think that's why people are really uncomfortable sharing their story nowadays, like on social media, because they're worried so much about what is my family going to think? What is my best friend going to think when they see me showing up like this? The thing about that is you have to go back to what I said earlier and remember that your story is not about you. You're doing this, you're sharing this because you have something or know something or maybe a product that you are really passionate about getting in the hands of other people or sharing with other people or, you know, just teaching other people a message that you have to focus on that. You have to focus again on the message and the audience and remember that your story is really about them and you're serving them. You're helping them. You're giving that. I always say your story is a gift. So go give it as a gift. You know, if we go and shop, for people and we bring home the gift and we wrap it and we tie it in a bow, why would we go stick it in the closet and never give it to them? You have to actually give the gift to the person. And that's what a lot of people do. They figure out their story. They know what their story is, but they just won't tell it. They just they won't, share won't it. give it. They won't because give it. Fear is stopping. Yeah. Listeners are on here today. They know I always say fear is nothing. It's just the it's unknown. Nothing. And like you said, April, once you tell it that one time and then you do it again, it gets all easier. I mean, I've talked about this on this podcast when I first started it in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what parts do I really tell? Which parts do I not tell? And naturally, some of the things have come out with guests that I've actually, you know, have been able to say. And then I've gotten listeners to really write back because they relate it to that particular story. And you know what? When we tell parts of our story that maybe we're holding on to it, it's such a load lifted off of our shoulders yes. when we do share it. Oh, people, tell, women tell me it. that all the time. What a relief it is. I mean, I feel so much freer. I hear that all the time because you're right. They're hanging on to this and it almost is. And this is really what, if you are feeling stuck and you're feeling fearful and you're feeling kind of clouded. Uh, because uh, listen, a lot of people's stories are hard. I mean, like I said, I don't have one of those stories where I suffered major trauma and I went through bad things. I mean, that really are relatable to my audience, right? But some people are, you know, I have a client right now. Her story really is about learning to love herself again. And she's teaching other people now because she now understands how her story connects to her message. Her message really is about teaching other people the importance of self-love and self-care. Her own story the way she even got to this other side of her story started out very different than that. And it started with a lot of abuse. She was obesely overweight because of all the trauma and the negativity and the depression that she just had suffered for a big, large part of her life. She was divorced and was a single mom to three young boys when her ex-husband passed away. And then six days later, her brother died. 
I mean, even though she wasn't married to this man anymore, that was still a significant loss to her family, to her and her family. And then six days later, her brother died. I mean, this is one of those stories that's very big and has a lot of pain associated with it. And for a long time, she didn't share that story and all the effects that it had on her, which is why she was overweight. And nothing was joyful in her life. She held on to that story because it was too painful to share. So that's where that burden was coming in. We started working together. She started really learning the power of sharing that story because she was letting go of all the things that had happened in her past. And instead, she was focused on the audience and she was focused on the message that if I can share my story, I might help someone else who has also suffered like me understand the power and the importance of putting myself first, taking care of myself. She went on a over a 100 pound weight loss journey. Um, and she's got an incredible story, but she would not be able to share that story now if she was still letting that story burden her. And when she started sharing that, the release just, it just unfolded in huge ways. So learning to share your story really will allow you to have a lot of release and freedom. Yeah. Well, what a story. And that's the other part, April, you just told us a story there, you know? So sometimes even in sharing our stories, we're able to share the characters, I call it, inside Mm -hmm. of our story in order to attract our audience and relate to them more too. So if you don't feel like you have this gigantic of a story, you can share some of the characters' story without telling their business, <laughs> but you yeah. can share the characters that occur within your story too. That's what makes life so wonderful because it's just like a book, right? Yeah. And this is what's so easy and good for businesses to do. Honestly, I did just do that because I was sharing a client's story. So sharing client stories, sharing their success, sharing the journey and the transformation that they have had as a result of your services, your products, your whatever, whatever you do, right? Whatever your business is, is a fantastic way to bring storytelling into your business. And it doesn't have to always be your story. And actually it shouldn't always be your story. It really should be learning to use storytelling in a lot of ways. But using clients' success stories is a great way to do that. And, you know, one thing I want to say about that, too, is when you do share client stories, remember, sharing that transformation is the way to do it. So, again, the formula that I teach that you can use to dig out your own story then becomes a formula that you will learn to use for everything. Because those are the stories that people connect with are these transformational moments, these transformation stories, because aren't we all kind of seeking that in our life? Don't we all want to do something a little bit better or have that transformation or, you know, see things differently and feel better about things. And so hearing other people's stories reminds us that it's possible for us too. Yeah. Yeah. It's the part of that. What I always say in the end, what we all want is to be happy. So I think it's always that journey to happiness that we're looking for. And that's what we look for in stories. I mean, it's the good person or the good um, hero that's on the screen. We always want them to win, you know? Yeah. So, cause we're looking for that happiness in that ending. That's why stories work. Because we could be communicating with people all across the world, which thankfully in our day and age, because of the internet and because of social media, we actually have that capability now instantaneously to really connect with anybody, like anybody, it doesn't matter where you live, there's no barrier. But one of the barriers oftentimes is language. 
And so language, we, it's hard for us to communicate back and forth if we don't speak the same language. There is one language as humans that we all speak, and that's emotional language. We all know what it feels like to feel happy, as you said. We all know what it feels like to feel at peace. We all know what it feels like to feel that freedom that comes from heavy burdens being lifted. We all know what it feels like to feel anger and sadness and desperation and hope and joy. So, I mean, if you can incorporate emotion into your stories, which is the, really the third key ingredient for sure, it's probably the most number one important thing about really good transformational stories is sharing that emotion. So I always ask people, my favorite question to ask is, how does that make you feel? So when I'm interviewing somebody and they tell me something happened in their life, the next question is really, well, how did that make you feel? Because I, I know if I, can get them, yeah, <clears throat> if I can get them talking about how they felt, the person who's going to be listening to that interview or that story may not have been on the same journey that that person was on, but once they start connecting emotionally, then they start to get it. Yeah, yeah. And I've used that same question so <laughs> many times over the years inside of corporate America and now here inside of this online interweb like arena. It's a fantastic question to like really open up individuals in business and in your personal life. It's just a good question. So listeners, add that question to your <laughs> yeah, list of, add that of question. communication questions, right? It's, it is a fabulous communication question. And I actually would really encourage more business owners to really evaluate how they're communicating with their clients. And are you looking at your client like a transaction or are you looking at them as the humans that they are? And once you remember to stop looking at them like a transaction and start looking at them as the humans that they are, it will become so much easier for you to tell stories to them and ask for their stories. Absolutely, April. And you just hit it on the head because I've been feeling this way or communicating this. I actually even did an interview about this with social media the same way. Instead of going out and collecting yet another follower and ticking it off as a number, what was the meaningful relationship that you put in place with that particular person that you connected with, you know, and it, you won't believe how much it all will change and shift once you do that, once you change it and you're not like looking at everyone, the listeners, if you, you see my dog is like hopping on me and everything like that. <laughs> I love it. He's so cute. But once you make that connection, it doesn't even have to be a huge uh, following that you have or need to have in order to make a change or impact in your world and in your community. It's amazing. No, listen, I don't have a massive following and you know what? My business is very healthy. And my happiness is very healthy because I have this really beautiful community as a result. And it doesn't matter. The numbers don't matter. What matters is the impact you're having. And you can be profitable with an impact. You know, having that impact can lead to profitability. It absolutely is not about a numbers game. It is about the connection that you can make. Right. Absolutely. So April, we've talked about the fear. We've talked about sharing the story. What are three ways that let's say someone has not even started any of this and they really want to get into the social media arena. They are fearful. What's like the roadmap or three tips you can give us for starting? Well, you're never going to connect with people on social media until you start showing up. And I think a lot of people think that they're showing up on social media just because they're logging in. 
and you're not. Just liking someone's post and kind of lurking around and hopping around and watching what everyone else is doing is not really showing up. And so if you have a message to share and an audience that you want to build, you're going to have to do more than that. And you're going to have to start showing up visibly and start sharing your story. And I know that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but that goes back to what I said earlier. It's going to get less scary and a lot more comfortable once you start doing it. It feels scary now because you're not doing it. So you have to just start, just starting and taking inspired action on one thing is just go show up, you know, create a post. It doesn't have to be your deep, dark secrets because your deep, dark secrets don't relate probably to your audience. Remember that. So just showing up and starting to put yourself out there a little bit. One of my best pieces of advice is to join some groups on Facebook, for example, Facebook groups are one of the best things that exist, honestly. I think they're such a gift because it is sort of, you know, it's this private group. It's everything's not splattered all over social media. You can kind of hide yourself in there from your mother and your family and everybody that's known you from your whole life, right? You can go and hang out in some groups and learn to share your story. And I would just extend an open invitation for my group right now, because this is actually what we work on in my group, because this is what I want to provide a platform for people to get more comfortable sharing their story. Amy, the client that I referenced earlier that is now sharing her story beautifully and about self-love and self-care, that's what she did. She showed up on my group and we, we ended up working together privately, but she just started by showing up in my group and starting to drip that story out over time. I didn't know all of this about her on day one. As she kept showing up and as she kept sharing that story and more of it came out, of course, I would ask her more questions, you know, in our group to get her to pull it out. And so I have a group called Lightbeamers Community on Facebook. Open invitation to any of your viewers to come in there and just start sharing and, and getting practice. The other thing is, once you get a little bit more comfortable with that, the next step is going to be, and this is going to be another really scary one, so brace yourself, you've got to get on video. You know, this podcast, it's not video, but you're hearing our voice. And there's something different that occurs when you're able to hear someone's voice. And certainly if you can actually see their face and their mannerisms and how they smile and just the quirky little things that they do. And you start to really pick up on people's personality when you see them on video. Now, video doesn't mean you have to become a journalist. You're not becoming a news reporter. You're not any of those things. You're just showing up using the tools that are readily available to us today on social media, like live streaming and Instagram stories and all of those fun things. But that's how you're going to attract an audience so much faster. You're going to amplify your message like by bajillion, honestly, by getting it on video, by allowing people to see you. That it would be the next step I would take after you get comfortable just showing up is then take it to the next level and get yourself on video as well. Because it's so important. This is something that I teach everyone that I work with is that you can't have the impact that you want to have if you're still hiding behind these written posts and these cute graphics. They've got to see you. Oh, April, you're so right. And I need to do more of it myself. So I'm telling you, <coughs> listeners, if you want April as a group, if you want to come into my group, that's what we're doing inside of here. And I challenge you, maybe come forward and do it with me because going into 2019, I am going to show up on video. 
a lot more. You get to hear my voice, but I need to show my face a lot more. (laughs) And I do show it in my group a lot more. (laughs) So April, we thank you so much for joining us today on Standout BU, sharing your story and helping us to actually get started with sharing more of our story, especially in business. But I think even more importantly, we've kind of had a little under layer there is sharing it in your personal life too and knowing how to share it. Um, This next part of the show, I like to get into what I call personality questions. So we learn a little bit more about April (laughs) and who you are and a little bit more about your story. So the first one is, if you could go back and speak to your 10-year-old self about life, what would you say? Oh, gosh, such a good question. I would tell that 10-year-old girl to just do one thing at a time, one step that it's all meant to be a journey that everything doesn't get figured out right away. And while some things may not make sense along the way to remember to look for the lessons in those moments, no matter what, because those lessons, I mean, they make up the stories and in my own life, looking back. And certainly I think about myself at 20 in that newsroom thinking, what in the hell am I doing here? Because I thought this was what I was going to do for my, the rest of my life. And I don't have this all figured out. How do I leave this business that I actually love, but I don't want to do this forever? I certainly would have said that to that 20-year-old self too. And I think that luckily, you know, I figured out a way to make all of that work. But I know a lot of people just get so locked on that it's got to be this one thing, this one way. And I have to have it all figured out before I take the next step. And actually, sometimes we need to take the next step before we can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Making a decision and being okay with your decision, no matter what happens. Yes. And that has become easier in my life. Now I'm, you know, in my mid forties and it's so much easier now for me to give myself some grace and not put so much pressure on myself. I mean, not saying I don't have my days because we all do in general. I know that lesson now and it has brought me a lot of peace and knowing that I don't have to have it all figured out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to go back to tell maybe a 10-year-old or 20-year-old, 30-year-old this. But I tell you, I could not wait to turn 40. And my husband always laughs. He's like, I've never seen somebody so excited to be 40. But I thought, oh, we are, we've been through so much. So we're going to be like... <laughs> so great about like life and nothing like like gets to us of course we have ups and downs like you said but you just things roll off a little bit differently than it did when we were in our earlier years oh for sure for sure with age comes wisdom you know it's such a true statement so the next one is what's the furthest place that you've traveled from your birthplace oh distance wise I guess you know, I'm terrible about geography. So this is telling a bit of my personality right now. Cause I'm like, I have no idea. Uh, but okay. I'll tell you two places that I think would be the furthest and I'm not sure which one is further, but I traveled to Alaska when I was in high school and I spent two weeks there with another family. It was actually um, a friend that lived there and I got to go and on a plane ride by myself for the first time. And I traveled to Alaska, which felt like, you know, halfway across the world. And got to experience just what that was like. Alaska really is beautiful and it is very different from where I grew up and actually where I currently live. I have lived other places besides Texas, but I was born in Texas and I'm actually now back in Texas living here again. Just moved back last year, but um, Alaska was a big change from Texas. So that was pretty extraordinary experience. 
And then when I want to say about five years ago, I went to Hawaii for the first time. And that was at the time we were living in, in South Carolina. So that was a pretty big trip. A uh, 10 hour plane ride is uh, a pretty big trip. So I've been out of the country to some other places, but they've been like down to the Caribbean and things like that, that I don't think are as far distance wise. So I think those are probably the two furthest places I've traveled. Yeah. You know what though? I've heard, especially with that Alaska trip and I love to travel. You got some self-discovery there and so important to have in our life is that self-discovery, those moments. Yeah. Yeah, And the fact that I traveled alone, you know, and I was maybe 16 when I went on that trip, 15 or 16, and I got to experience how other people live. And it was so vastly different than how I lived. And I stayed with that family for two weeks and they showed me everything they could possibly show me about their city and their area and their state. We traveled a lot in those two weeks and yeah, I learned so much. It was a reminder to me that we all are very different. We grow up in different ways and we do different things, but in a lot of ways we're so much alike and it was a gorgeous experience. I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to do that and do that at that age and do that by myself and all the things. Yeah. 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 And you know, and I've had the opportunity to be able to travel to a lot of places in the world, like even just this summer, just Philippines to Malaysia, to Sweden, then back over to the States. But it's true what you say. It's one thing that remains true. We all have similar stories, no matter what part of the world that we're in. And people are always excited to tell their story and tell more about their country and tell more about their life. And we all want to be happy and share good times together. That's what makes it so exciting. So the more you can get out, and that's one of my missions is to help individuals to have those, whether it be a side income or start their own business, like the solopreneurs who've come here on the show have done in order to create more moments like this to travel or whatever it is to be able to create those quality moments and spend more time with family and friends in the world. Absolutely. We plan trips all the time now because it's like, that's why we're doing this is so that we can take our kids. You know, I didn't travel out of the country until I was well into my twenties, maybe even it was after I got married. I'm trying to think the first time I got a passport and it was, it was, it was after I got married and I don't want that from it. Not that, you know, my parents just didn't do that. So now it's become really important to do that for our children much sooner. It's so important to, you know, expose people as soon as you can. If you could be any animal in the world, (laughs) what animal would you be and why? I would be a dog. I would be a dog in a heartbeat. Yeah. Why is that? You know, I'm a dog person. And so that's probably why it's easy for me to say that. But especially a domesticated house dog. Are you kidding? They have the best life and they only know love. Dogs really only know love. They know hunger and love, (laughs) Uh, but they, otherwise they just want to love on you. You know, they care for you. I do think they communicate with us. They have different personalities. I think it's so fun to see how different dogs have different personalities. And I just think they're so calming and kind and generous. They would just give, give, give. I mean, when has a dog ever stopped kissing you until you tell them to stop kissing you? You know, they just love on you until you tell them to stop. They just give and love. And I just, I would be a dog. Absolutely. And they, you know, you're my dog. You're sleeping on 
a steely posturepedic bed every night. You're, <laughs> you're laying on fluffy blankets and uh, maybe I just want to come back as my dog. <laughs> I love it. I love it. one of my favorite animals. Definitely they have personality. Yeah. So this last one, April, is very important because I think our name is always somehow attached to our story. What is the story behind your name? Well, there is a story there. You know it. So yeah, a really interesting one that I do think your listeners will like. So obviously my name is April. And no, I was not born in the month of April. I was born in December and I am the youngest of three children. So I have an older brother and an older sister. My sister is seven years older than me and my brother is 10 years older. So they were much older than me. I was born on my sister's birthday. It's her seventh birthday, December 15th, we share a birthday. We're seven years apart. So since I was born on my sister's birthday, they gave me the month that my brother was born in that name. And my brother was born in April. So that's how I became April. So they wanted me to have something to do with both of their birthdays. That's how I became an April. Oh, I love it. See, everyone has a story with their name. Yeah, I love it. yeah I love that's it. such a great question. I love that yeah. one. Well, April, it's been such a pleasure to have you here on Standout BU. And definitely, I look forward to hearing more of your story and individuals so that you know April is inside of the Standout BU community. And we look to have her in there actually doing some story-like exercises and trainings with us. Looking forward to that. Do you have any final parting words, April, for the listeners before we get off here? You know, I would just say, just a reminder that your story really does hold a lot of power. I think once people understand their own story, it provides a lot of awareness and even healing and just acceptance about their own journey. And that has a lot of power. A lot of really beautiful things can come from just really understanding your own story. And then when you start to share it, it has power for other people. You know, I always say when you share your story, you shine a light and you really do. You just really, really do. You don't always know it, but someone is hearing you and listening to you and that's having an impact on them. And as you said earlier, even if it's just one person, isn't that worth it? It makes your own journey worth it. So just to remember that, that when you share your story, you shine a light. Absolutely. And there you have it. Words from April herself. Listeners, thank you again for joining us. And again, remember to stand out, be you, and that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you. Until next time, we'll chat soon. Have you been listening to the show and wondering, how you can turn your passion into a business, but you don't quite know how to go about doing it. Well, I've received a few emails from some of you and I decided to put together a business guide for you. Within this guide, I walk you through three easy steps to get started. And I also included in there 20 business ideas that you could easily start today. And I know because I've done some of them as well as some of our solopreneurs here on Standout BU. You can go to tequiladoddard.com forward slash business guide to grab it.